Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You damn right. Hope everybody's having a good Monday. Back in the studio after a couple shows out and about. Thank you for coming out to Total Men's last week and helping us with the toy drive. Always great to see those folks. Always great to see you, especially when we're helping the community that way. It's Chad and Zay on a Monday. I'm Chad Hastings, joined once again by Isaiah Collier. He's ready for a little Texas basketball tonight. What's up, Zay? What's good, Chad? How you doing, man? Man, I'm all right. It's a weird day out there. It's I can, weird. I literally, I can barely see 20 feet out that window. Yeah, we can't be in the drought no more. I know how it's always been famous. Austin's been in the rain drought. We ain't got no water. Uh-huh. These last few months, it's felt like Seattle, low key. Yeah, we. Uh, Shout out to Chris Ben. I know he's out there in Washington. I think we have a proper level. Well, I'm about to. If it's proper, we certainly have a level of moisture about us over these last few months. I don't know where it is right now, but it feels like it is uh, it is sufficient. So please be careful out there in the fog. Uh, it is always a bit of a challenge when you're driving in, uh, in that kind of mess. So we hope you're safe and sound out there. It is a... Uh, crazy Monday for us on a lot of different levels. There's a lot of stories out there that we will get into. Um, first and foremost, before we do anything else, let's send all of our positive energy. Let's send all of our good thoughts. The Pirates way. Mike Leach. Yeah. Wow. Mike Leach experienced what they first called a personal health issue at his house over the weekend. He was at the team's bowl practice Saturday. Something happened yesterday. And now I am reading what happened may have been a heart attack. And he's listed as uh, he's listed in critical condition. Uh, I was reading that on the the Clarion Ledger coming out of Mississippi earlier. He apparently had admitted to pneumonia during the season. So hopefully Coach Leach will be all right. Uh, I believe their D.C. is going to step in and be the interim coach for now. No updated word on if he would be able to maybe coach in that bowl game right now. That is the farthest thing from their minds um, in, in Starkville. They're just trying to make sure Coach is okay. So all the best to Mike Leach today. College football, to me, Zay, is much – it is better, it is more entertaining, and it is a lot more fun when Mike Leach is in it. Uh, so I hope the coach is all right. Yeah, definitely hope coach is good. There's, I don't think, anybody more unique – in the quirky but positive way than Mike Leach from what he did in Lubbock, that air raid offense that he made real famous, and just the way he goes about things, you know. He doesn't take everything too seriously, which, you know, some people could frown upon that, but I think that's a great attitude to have. More people should have that type of attitude because you could still be serious about your job and have fun doing it the way that he's done it. So definitely wish him and his family the best and hope 
him, you know, hope the best for him and praying for him. Yeah, get better uh, very quickly, Coach Leach. We uh, certainly are uh, are rooting for that. All right, a lot of different rooting interests at play. The two big circuses we deal with definitely have stories to talk about today. A little later in the hour, we will get to the Dallas Cowboys, who beat the Houston Texans by a whisker over the weekend <laughs> and suffered a loss, a, a, an injury loss that they did not need. Uh, so we'll get to all of that with the Cowboys, but let's go ahead and get in. If you have not heard the big story of the day that involves the Texas Longhorns, let's go ahead and get that out there. Let's go spec set piece and get started. The spec set piece is brought to you by Specs Wine, Spirits, and Finer Foods. Cheer on Verde with Specs' larger selection of world class wines, spirited spirits, and craft beers. Score more at Specs, official partner of Austin FC. All right, uh, one of those uh, one of those headlines. It's kind of hard to ignore, kind of hard to miss, and uh, it did find its way before, right before the show started today in the last hour or so before we got going. Does find its way to the top of ESPN.com and a lot of other places. We are talking about the head basketball coach here of what was the number two team in the country. Texas did slip down to number seven in the AP, but the story today about Chris Beard is this headline: Texas basketball coach Chris Beard arrested on assault charge, arrested early this morning on a felony domestic violence charge, Uh, was going through the booking process earlier today. If I'm reading correctly, as of about even as late as 9 a.m. this morning, he was still being held. They hadn't figured out bail uh, at that point. Um, Booked around 4.20 or so this morning. His attorney, Perry Minton, tells the Austin American statesman that Beard, quote, is 100% innocent of these charges. He should never have been arrested. The complainant wants him released immediately and all charges dismissed. It is truly inconceivable. End quote from the lawyer. The school statement from UT says the university is aware of the situation regarding Chris Beard. We're continuing to gather information and monitoring the legal process. So obviously it's um, th- there's a lot of seriousness in the words around this story, but if we're going to do the right thing here, we probably should just be patient because we don't know. There's a lot of stuff we just don't know about this story, Zay, but I know when people see assault on a family member, uh, choking a person at a home um, in Terrytown, uh, you know, third-degree felony, impede breath circulation, all those things speak to maybe you know, some se- severity level in people's heads, but we just don't know the circumstances right now. So, you know, obviously Coach Beard, like anybody else, innocent until proven guilty. Got to wait and see what's, uh, what's happening, and that's what the university is going to do. Yeah, it's an unfortunate situation, and that's about all we could say. We do not know the the details, but with everything going on, it is a distraction to this Texas basketball team that's playing really sure. good basketball right now. Even though they lost to a pretty good Illinois team that did lose this past weekend, of course, but still, they're they're playing good basketball right now, so it's just a really unfortunate time, but things are bigger than basketball, and everything will come into light, and this will be taken care of eventually. Uh, Texas did get a uh, an easy win over the weekend over Arkansas Pine Bluff, if you missed it, 88-43, and uh, so they moved to 7-1, and, and as I said, they slipped to number 7 in the AP 
poll after that loss to Illinois that uh, that Zay was referencing. So we'll just kind of wait and see what the latest is on this story. In terms of tonight's game, which would be the most immediate thing for the basketball team themselves, Zay, you were just mentioning the distraction of the team. I mean, that would be the question. If I'm, you know, I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of a basketball player on this team, if I am Carr or Hunter or, or, or Allen or whoever it is, I'm thinking, whoa, are we going to have our head coach? You know, for the game tonight, we don't know that either. Right now, there's been no official word on uh, whether or not Chris Beard is going to coach tonight or not, and we're certainly not going to speculate on that. Uh, hopefully, everything will you know play out the way it needs to. And again, the lawyer for Beard saying he's 100% innocent of the charges and uh, says never should have been arrested. So um, I'm sure the particulars of the well, I'm not sure, but maybe the particulars of what actually happened will uh, eventually surface, and we will find out. So. That's a story that Longhorn fans did not plan on waking up to today. Um, certainly, you know, crazy stuff there. We we all can, um, you know, c- come at that from our own our own circumstances with friends and families and things that happen. Obviously, this is one of those things where something uh, something that normally would remain private inside of a family or you know family situation whatever ends up uh, ending you know ending up in the public sphere so um, it is a story that Texas and coach Beard and that basketball team are going to have to deal with and nowadays say with social media and how fast everything travels this is the kind of story that I'm sure for these for the lawyers and everything uh, they're just you know, they're trying to figure out how to keep the thing as realistic as possible at the beginning and not have everything getting way out of control, social media-wise, speculation-wise, because that's kind of what everybody does now. Yeah, yeah, that's the time we're in. And, again, it's just a really unfortunate situation that's happening to a basketball team that's playing well right now. And, again, we'll see what happens and see what comes to light. Yep, and again, not a lot of details other than that. Uh, the lawyer's statement would be one of the last things that um, that came out on that story. And again, as of 9 a.m. this morning, Coach Beard was still uh, still being detained. They hadn't figured out bail at that point. So we'll get you any updates that we have uh, throughout the show. Obviously, with our relationship with uh, Jeff Howe and the folks over at Horns247.com, we would tell you to head over there, Horns247.com, for the very latest and uh, you know uh, they will keep you updated on that uh, and uh, if we hear anything obviously we will let you know if you have any thoughts on it specs text line I'm sure you have thoughts oh, they have thoughts three they, they blowing us up three three seven uh, three seven seven six and uh, yes people are saying tr- Twitter rumors are already out of control yeah, yeah. that that happens that is going to happen. We will All tr- I'm going to say is I ain't getting fired for none of you people. So <laughs> that's, it, that's it, right? That's just That's hey, right. We are there not- are a lot of sports and a lot of things that happened this week that we are going to talk about that were positive. We will not be reading all of that speculation. Uh, but we will get into uh, get into some of the Cowboys stuff coming up. Also, I was delighted to see a story. This does involve a couple things that involve Texas uh, on the positive side of things. First off, Let's give Bijan some more love because the Associated Press gave Bijan some more love. Bijan got first team all, uh, got first you know, first team AP. So it's three different organizations now that have made him a first team running back. Uh, this time along with Blake Corum of Michigan. 
Uh, Caleb Williams ends up being the first-team quarterback. Also, congrats to Caleb. He did win the Heisman over the weekend. Not a big shock, Zay. Caleb Williams and then Max Duggan came in second. No, no, not a big shock at all. You know, I people – which I, I get Caleb Williams with the muck you on his fingernails thing, and he kind of did the LOL to Max Duggan, talking about he should win the Heisman on social media. He commented on that, and people were like, oh, man, this is so classless. We don't see this as for Heisman. People, y'all forget Johnny Menzel was a Heisman. <laughs> what, what, what's that supposed to mean? What you mean? I'm just saying, like, it's not like Heisman's a classless. It's about are you good at football? Right. He's good at football, so he's in. I'm sure there's more guys who didn't have the most class or you wouldn't be seen getting invited to, I don't know, certain banquets because of their attitude, like yeah. a Johnny Menzel, like a Caleb Williams, to have won the Heisman before. But with all the guys who were out there, I think if Max Dung would have won that Big 12 championship against Kansas State, maybe if Sonny Dykes gives him the ball, but mm. he looked like he was about to die, so I don't know if I would have <laughs> given him the ball either. He's about to pass yeah, out. Yeah, he's about to pass out. Yeah. Then he probably would have got it, but it didn't happen, and – yeah, Caleb Williams. I think he deserved it. Yeah, I, I I didn't follow the the stuff closely enough about if he was you know taking shots at the other guys leading up to it or whatever. Like that would be pretty unique. I don't remember that really ever happening. Even with some of those guys that have some attitude to them, I don't remember guys taking shots at the other guys on social media. But he's, he's like but, laugh out loud. It's not really a shot. But you, you, it's more like a shot. If I'm Caleb Williams, it's like you're taking a shot at me. I probably shouldn't have put laugh out loud to that Max Duggan should win the Heisman comment or whatever it was. It was right. some praising Max Duggan. Oh, I see. Okay. But it's basically like in Caleb Williams' eyes, oh, you're saying I'm not better than Max Duggan. Laugh out loud. I'm not saying Max Duggan is a bad player. Right. It's just. He's just having the confidence to say he thinks he's better. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's uh, the fingernail he, thing. That's I have a huge issue. With that, that is that is a very strange part. Like of if it. I'm Lincoln Riley, I have a huge issue with him even allowing that. Like I, if he, I see him do it the first time. I'm like, yo, man, look, you're probably gonna be the Heisman. I get it. Let's We're, stay away from. Let's yeah. let's represent ourselves in a classier way. Yeah, I thought the speech was good. I thought it was a good speech. I thought everything that evening was classy, and I thought his line about. Hey, I get the I, I I you know I just won the Heisman. You three guys are going after the national championship. So hey, we yeah. can't, win, can't win them all, right? Yeah, like yeah. I thought that was good. That was sort of like a little bit self-deprecating because he had just lost the opportunity to fight for the title. Go back and watch that moment where he said, "I I got the Heisman, but you guys are in the college football playoff." And look at the three quarterbacks that he said that to. C.J. Stroud and Max Duggan were kind of like, yeah, they were like laughing it off. Stetson Bennett was like, huh, yeah, you got a point there because he's confident like, yo, I'm, we're going to blast everybody. Uh-huh. Like yeah. C.J. Stroud and Max Duggan are like, yeah, that's cool and all, but we might not get that hardware at the end of the day. Stetson Bennett's confident ass is like. He was mm-hmm. nodding yeah, along. He was nodding yeah. like, good point. Yeah, yeah, good point because we're about to roll all you guys. <laughs> like it's not even going to be funny. Yeah, I'm going to beat him. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then whatever happens with this guy, oh, we're, we're win, we'll beat the winner of that game too. So don't worry about it. Uh, yeah, you you got your you got your Heisman, but uh, we are going to try to go get that hardware. That's probably, Stetson Bennett's grown ass. He's 
probably off his parents' insurance. That's how old he is. Oh, he's up there. Yeah, yeah. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. Uh, so congrats to Caleb for uh, for winning the Heisman. Congrats to Bijan for getting yet another first-team All-American look, this time from the Associated Press. Also, a story that I'd be excited about if I was a Texas fan today. Finally, we're seeing something on a national level from a name we know that is referencing Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC before 2025. Hallelujah. Brett McMurphy of The Athletic throwing out this line today to start a story. There is growing sentiment and momentum for Oklahoma and Texas to leave the Big 12 a year early and join the SEC in 2024, an industry source tells Action Network. So apparently the new moving moving around of things, the expanded playoff starting a little earlier in 24, there's a lot of different moving parts here, but at least they are talking about it. And also in this story, Zay, it says that Texas is interested, Oklahoma is interested, and the SEC is interested in having this happen sooner than 2025. So That's what I'm talking about. I'm thrilled to hear it. I had yet to hear anybody say that out loud, but now there are some reports that it's actually true. So, God, I hope so. Yeah, as fun as that Cincinnati game is going to be next year, let's get out of here as quick as possible. <laughs> and, you know, let's just keep it real also. If you look on the West Coast, UCLA and USC, they're set to go to the Big Ten in 2024. It doesn't make sense to me that they're going to jump ship to the Big Ten before you jump ship to the SEC when this has been cooking way prior till then. Yeah. So if those guys could work it out and get things moving, and theirs really don't make sense. Like, at least this is close. At least this is Southern. At least that's the SEC part, the Southern part with Texas and Oklahoma. You could say that. You can't, the Big Ten, West Coast, that don't even make sense. And they were jumping ship before you were. So, yeah, let's let's put all the pettiness and dumb politics aside and get this thing rolling like it should be. Yeah, there's a lot of, lot of di- different moving parts like we talk about, and I'm going to read through this story a couple times trying to get it all straight in my head. ESPN's going to be a big player here because of media rights deals. There's the Big 12's media rights deal that's going to re-up in a few years. There's the SEC's media rights deal. They signed a 10-year deal with ESPN worth about $300 million back in 2020. The deal starts in, guess when, 2020 and it includes a pro rata clause requiring ESPN to pay the SEC the same amount per school for any new members, according to the source. Uh, So that's where, as this story says, things may get a little bit complicated. Does ESPN, you know, how eager are they to pay an increased amount to the SEC instead of waiting around till 2025? So this could be, as we talked about the whole time, Zay, it could be about these big dogs and are they willing to pay money? Because, you know, the old thing about you don't get rich just spending a whole lot of money for no reason. So, but, you know, if Texas and Oklahoma have a certain exit fee to get out, are they willing to pay it? When are they willing to pay it? Will the SEC help them out? And will ESPN help them out? All of that, to me, seems pretty, you know, pretty reasonable with those four monsters helping each other out. Yeah, and that's the petty politics that's been so weird. Like, why hasn't anybody stepped up to the plate and said, you know what, let's put this money forward because we're definitely going to get it back and then some with Texas and Oklahoma coming. So I don't understand that. Now, I understand why Texas ain't giving Oklahoma no money. 
Hell no. I'll, I'd re- shoot, let's, we'll be in the Big 12 to 2028 until I give those fools some money, especially if they be in our ass in the Cotton Bowl. Thank goodness we got them 49-0 this season. So I, I, I get why Texas ain't giving Oklahoma no money. But when you talk about the four-letter network and when you talk about the conference, yeah, they need to step up to the play because, like you said, everybody's going to get an extra bump. That's the small schools like Vanderbilt and South Carolina and all those guys. Like, they're benefiting from this, too, even though they're definitely going to be, you know, way behind the pack even more so than they were before. But, you know, I I think it works out for everybody. And, again, let's get this thing rolling. I I haven't understood why they haven't been able to. It's been just really odd with the politics on just people not wanting to put the money up. It is so bizarre. All right, so this is the paragraph that kind of jumped out at me today. It says, Big 12, again, from a story from uh, Action Network, Brett McMurphy, Big 12 bylaws require Oklahoma and Texas to pay an exit fee for the sum of the league's distribution uh, you know, distribution of media rights for two years, which is about $84 million per school. I think people have heard that number. Historically, when a school leaves a conference, that exit fee is negotiated down to about 60%, meaning OU and Texas could possibly get out for about – $50 million each. I'm going to say that again. $50 million each. The projection we are seeing from the new SEC in terms of per team for the TV rights is like $80 million or more per team, like you just said. $80 million for Vandy, $80 million for Tennessee, $80 million for South Carolina, and it's just a matter of them talking to ESPN and saying, look, you know we're going to rework a deal. We have a deal with you. We're bringing in these new members. You, can, you know who they are. You know Texas and Oklahoma. You know what it's going to mean to you guys. Let's go. Yeah. Let's start making all this extra money. You can start paying out. You know, are we ready to go? However they, you know, however they need to do that, uh, I would think they could get this going. So if you're a Texas fan today, I would consider this good news. Unfortunately, we were kind of waiting around until 2025, but we kept hearing from some of those insiders. I would just start putting matchups up just to, you know, off their decision making. Like, hey, doesn't Oklahoma go into Death Valley in just a random October on a Saturday night? Sounds sexy. Doesn't Texas go into Athens? Sure. On a random November sound wonderful. Like how how are we not seeing this? I don't, how, yeah. You know, it's just like the other thing I'm reading is they may even think about having Texas and Oklahoma play a couple of big get a couple big twelve teams on their schedule in twenty four to kind of ease the transition. So if the Big Twelve is freaked out about man, we're gonna lose too much T V money because you guys are going. Well, wait a minute. What if we played a non-conference? You know, like if what's yeah. what? Okay, we'll cut you this check, but because it's that amount, we'll agree that you know Texas will play, let's just say Cincinnati, and OU's going to play BYU or however they want to work it out. Good grief! And then you let's, know, let's get out of here. <laughs> OU BYU, let's get but, out of here. Okay, but as a conference game every year, I yeah. totally get what your reaction is. Yeah, 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 yeah. But a yeah, one-time non-conference, you know, on your kind of on your way out, yes. as just a show of good faith, maybe that'll be a good idea. Uh, but I'm glad to hear that, that things are maybe getting started behind the scenes. I'm really glad to read that the SEC wants to get this done sooner than later, pardon the pun, um, because that's another thing that I haven't understood. Maybe now that they've gotten certain things lined up, uh, like we talked about, 
you know, 2024 expanded playoff, 2024 USC and UCLA in that new Big Ten. Do you really – I asked it back then, I'll ask it now. Do you really want to let USC and UCLA start this brand new Big Ten, go a year – and then you're still hanging out in this lame duck second year Hell no. of your weird Big 12, 14 teams when you know you've got the SEC waiting on you. I don't. Yeah, yeah they, they got to step this thing up, man. The people in Austin, Norman, Birmingham, and Bristol, t- uh, Bristol Connecticut, get going. Yeah, and them host jobs ain't going to go away. Oklahoma State, 15 penalties to o- Oklahoma State, zero. You think that stuff ain't going to keep happening? Yeah. Hell was, yeah, that's going to keep happening. What was Baylor? One one penalty, I think, the whole game? Something like that. Something ballistic. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So let's get out as quick as possible because it's just, it's gotten toxic, you know? And I hate blaming refs, but the proof was in the pudding. And that pudding was very sour and very nasty oh, and yeah. very spoiled on that Oklahoma State day, which I get it. Quinn Ewers did throw. 30 incompletions, but still 15 penalties. That's that that can't, that shouldn't be happening. No, you're right. The pilot. Yeah. That's another thing to consider the politics of those teams that are still going to be in the big 12 and how they'll treat you on your way out. So a story to keep in mind, Texas fans, uh, in terms of maybe 2024. So maybe you only have to deal with one more season of the big 12, and then you could maybe make the move to the SEC. We'll keep our eyes on that story. Up next, let's talk Cowboys. Cowboys beat the Texans just barely. That's good news. Bad news is the guy they lost for the rest of the year because of an injury in the game. We will get to that, keep you updated on anything we're hearing on this Chris Beard story. Joe Cook of Inside Texas joins us at 105, the latest of what he's hearing, and then coming up in the crap bag at 1245. I'll hit a few things, including giving my love to the Vipers. Vandegrift figured it out against Katie. We'll talk about that and a lot more coming up on The Horn. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. because of the weather outside no but it fits it's called no rain right is it no rain yeah yeah blind melon blind melon yeah this this song was so huge it was a i can't remember if it was a summer tune or not little girl in the b outfit in the video it was a huge, yeah it's a weird cover massive hit for them huge huge hit uh blind melon and the i can't think of the guy's name the lead singer uh, died years ago. What was that kid's name? Ah, I want to say uh, Lane Staley's only vo- the name in my head. That's Allison Chains. Uh, I can't think of his name right now. Uh, but uh, rest in peace to uh, to that dude, uh, Blind Melon, lead singer. I'm gonna have to look it up. Somebody's gonna text it to me right now. Had a nice voice. 
Yeah, that's a jam. Shannon Hoon was his name. H-O-O-N. He died in 95. Wow. Thought it was a little after that. Yeah, that was a monstrous, monstrous song for them. Blind Melon gets us started today. Chad and Zay with you on a weird, foggy... My God, it's moving. It's thicker now. I can... Yo, what? I can see even less. Yo, it's crazy out there. Jeez, please be careful out there in the fog. Uh, A lot of stuff going on this weekend. We did update the Chris Beard story uh, earlier. No, uh, No word on any of the details of the story or whether or not... He will be coaching in the game tonight. Um, maybe the most important thing that has developed is the comment from his lawyer uh, saying, among other things, that he's 100% innocent of the charges, should never have been arrested, says the complainant wants him released immediately and all charges dismissed. It is truly inconceivable, end quote. But a charge like that, um, you know, it nowadays is taken very seriously, so even the accusation of something like that is going to be taken seriously got to go through the process and that's where it is right now so as much as uh, as much as we can we are going to try not to speculate on that and just kind of wait and see how things play out that's uh, certainly been the university's reaction to it obviously you know it's not a it's not the look you want uh, on a, a Monday if you're a Texas basketball fan, but we just don't know the particulars of the story either. So got to wait on all that. We talked about Texas and Oklahoma possibly going to the SEC earlier than uh, scheduled in 2024. Somebody texted, I don't think Fox is going to let UT and OU walk easily. You're probably right, but money's the answer. I still keep waiting for that. Yeah, pay them. Those are the discussions, right? Texas. Oklahoma. First off, I believe Oklahoma has more money than everybody's pretending. Everybody's acting like Oklahoma is some poor school. I don't buy that. I think Texas definitely has the money. We know that. And then you've got the SEC and then whoever the SEC is associated with, ESPN mainly, um, they're going to be able to help out as well. And then I, I mean, I, I don't get why all the other schools, specifically those smaller schools that are set to make all this extra money, wouldn't want this process accelerated. So hopefully that gets done quickly. But also, Zay, the main thing to me is you just don't want just the feel of going through two more cycles of whatever that Big 12 is going to be. We don't even know technically what that's going to feel like to get four new teams in, yeah. and then you're just a lame duck you're like a lame duck, uh, you know, blue blood for two whole years. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I love UCF and U of H is a great school. That's probably my favorite school coming to the Big 12, especially what they're doing in basketball. Football's definitely coming along, and we've know where it's been at times. It's been really uh, uh, high caliber, but, you know, just going out to that part of Utah for a game, like – yeah, I know they don't have oh boy from the New Orleans Saints no more. They used to give it to the Horns. Uh, damn, why is his name escaping me right now? Wait, who are you thinking about? Quarterback Saints doesn't play quarterback. Wait, uh, Jameis Winston? No, the dude does everything. A little bit of everything. Oh, oh uh, <laughs> why is uh, his uh, name escaping me right now? What's his name? Uh, not Peyton Hill. What's his name? Good grief! What are we doing? Ja- uh, what is it? Tyreek Hill or no, not Tyreek no. Hill? What am I doing? See, you just did this to me. Now you took <laughs> – I could see him. We Taysom just, Hill. Taysom Hill. There, there we go. Is. Taysom Hill. Hey, he looks like Tyreek Hill against the Horns. But, yeah, they don't got yeah. him no more. I'm still not trying to go up to that part of Utah. Definitely not trying to go up to Cincinnati either. So, 
just all these teams coming in, got to get out as quick as possible. I know everybody's like, oh, they're not ready for the SECs, eh? and they're going to get obliterated. They might at first, but uh, I think Steve Sarkeesian and the recruiting is looking good. Yes, this 8-4 and four season, some Longhorn fans don't like it. I think it's acceptable for what we saw in year one. Things are going in the up and up. Let's get to the SEC as quick as possible. Yeah, we'll see if that happens. So keep our eyes on that story. Uh, more Longhorn stuff coming up at 105. Joe Cook, our weekly visit with him from inside Texas. His thoughts on the bowl game as we get closer. His, uh, he's a Houston area guy, so his thoughts on the Texans almost pulling it off against the Cowboys. Let's dig right into that. Cowboys get the win, but just barely. 27-23. And in going back and rewatching the game, the critical point, I mean, Houston had the chance to put him away. 23-20. Oh, I love you. Dak throws that second interception, or maybe it was a fumble, whichever. Well, I guess it would have been the second pick. It was like a pick, They'd yeah. already had the muff uh, punt he earlier in the right game. fumbled right before that. He had fumbled before that, right. But then, and then the, the, the pick ultimately gave Houston the ball. They had a chance to make it 30-20, to and then it would have been over. But they go for it on fourth down. They don't get it. Cowboys are able to drive and get a touchdown, so... Hair of their chinny-chin-chins, eh? And they at least keep pace with where the Eagles were. Eagles win again, get it to 12 wins. Cowboys got their 10th win. They still need the Eagles to slip once, or they are not going to catch them. Yeah, and a win is a win at this point. You're in week 14. Everybody's hurt. Everybody's banged up. You see how many guys went out yesterday and got injured or didn't play? Hell, the Ravens, they were on their third-string quarterback. I saw Tyreek Hill. He had a little ankle injury at a time. Debo Samuel, who knows when he'll go out the game. And then the Cowboys lose their big-time right guard and Terrence Steele. So right now, you just want to get to the playoffs as healthy as possible and you want to get these wins however they come. And that's what they did last night, no matter how ugly it was. And you look at Dak Prescott, his first interception, Noah Brown should have caught that ball. So I'm not blaming Dak for that one. I'm not really blaming Dak for the second one. He got his arm hit. So both of those went to Smith's way on the other side. But at the end of the game, just lovey Smith. I don't think the best play calling, clearly him interchanging quarterbacks didn't work at the end because Jeff Driscoll and Davis Mills, you know, they're kind of, I wouldn't say they're platooning because Davis Mills had 21 attempts to Jeff Driscoll's six, but it seemed like Driscoll, the, his situations were more timely. And that last call where they were running that speed option and Driscoll goes the wrong way and he, they, the Cowboys get the stop. 98 yards later, Cowboys score. A lot of Dalton Schultz. Three, he had three catches during that drive. Noah Brown redeems himself. God, they made huge plays. In he that redeems drive. himself with that really tough diving catch. Which, hey, after you muffed the hell out of that uh, uh, catch with Dak to give him that his first interception, you owe the, everybody that one. So that was a big time catch for Noah Brown, and yeah, Ezekiel Elliott got the score at the end because that Michael Gallup catch and incompletion call, which. You know, that was definitely incomplete. I don't know why we were reviewing it so long. But, yeah, Zeke got the call at the end, and, yeah, that's all she wrote. Yeah, I have no clue why they looked at that. What were we doing? I have no clue. How long did that take? That took a long time. That took (laughs) way too long. By the way, on that first interception, did you think the ball got tipped by the defender first? 
It looked Ooh. it looked to me like maybe as it was going through there, not to maybe. not to excuse Noah Brown, because but I, I I wondered if the ball got knocked off path a little bit and then it messed him up and then it causes it to go up in the air. That was bad. I thought the Turpin, uh, you know, the Turpin muff, muff punt was one of the biggest plays of that ball game because everything was rolling the Cowboys' way. First drive score, only the third time all year they'd started. I think with a touchdown on the first drive. Three and out or close to that for the Texans, doing absolutely nothing. You punt it to Turpin, and he puts it on the ground. And then you just start to give them the feel and the momentum and the belief. Now it's 7-7, and then it's a football game. But the Cowboys got out of it, uh, which was big. I, I said it last week. I just need it to be a 3-0 and run through the AFC South if they can pull it off. They've got two of the three. Now can they go to Jacksonville? Get that win, and then set up the set up the Philly game. Yo, Jacksonville beat the brakes off the Titans this weekend. They really did. That yeah. ain't gonna be no easy task. We saw how the Texans were. I'm telling you, you you can't take anybody lightly at this point of the season because now everybody is desperate for wins. The preparation is just everybody's fighting for their lives. Coaches, players, everybody's just trying to stick around the NFL. So the preparation's going to be out the ass, especially if you're losing. I don't care how dysfunctional the Texans are this season and how Lovey Smith's team is. And yeah, they made some mistakes, but they gave the Cowboys everything they wanted. And that was the absolute dogfight. And the Cowboys still got the dub. I think that says something a lot about the Cowboys, especially losing somebody like Terrence Steele, which is a big deal. Yep. I mean, after that, uh, uh, Trevondre Diggs scoop uh, fumble where he took it back, which that was a terrific scoop and fumble. He was going backwards, and then somehow he went to the other side of the field. The Cowboys couldn't score and got stopped on four downs. Well, they tried to give it to Zeke mm-hmm. uh, uh, on that fourth down play, and the Texans stuffed them. So the Texans, they played hard, and that Jacksonville Jaguars team, who they're not in the playoff picture, but they're in the hunt. They're kind of waiting on yeah. to see what Tennessee does. They're two games behind Tennessee, and Tennessee's not looking good right now. Derrick Henby had another big-time fumble. Ryan Tannehill's looking like how Ryan Tannehill could look. So next weekend, when you go up to Duval County, yeah, it, it might get real, and the Cowboys better bring their A game because those Jaguars with Trevor Lawrence playing a lot better than he played in year one, they look pretty good. Yeah, somebody on the text line said they thought uh, they thought that that first interception. One says they thought it was a bad throw by Dak as well, but then uh, they thought it was maybe tipped a little bit. Either way, some ugly football in key moments uh, created a game that the Cowboys had to escape from, but they did it. Twenty-seven, twenty-three. Again, Terrence Steele tore his ACL and MCL <sighs> in that in the game. So Josh Ball replaced him. Then Jason Peters had to come in for the game-winning drive. Also, maybe a little ray of sun sunshine for you Cowboys fans the window opens back up on Tyron Smith like this week they've opened that whatever that 21 day window thing is I don't fully understand it but I am reading that they might be able to get him in a little bit this week so now he can maybe get back into the swing of it cross your fingers that you get that help back yeah yeah because you need it I mean you just lost somebody in the secondary last week another cornerback which it showed at times yesterday Mm -hmm. the that uh, uh, Rodgers touchdown came into play. That was just horrible D by the Cowboys at that time. So, again, when you're at week 14, week 15, you're just trying to stay as healthy as possible going into the playoffs. Whether you're looking for a bye or not, where you're looking for just momentum straight into the wild card weekend, you just want to be as healthy as possible because guys are dropping like flies out here. 
All right, a lot of stuff on the board today. We'll keep our eyes on multiple stories for you. Up next in the crab bag, all love to the Vipers and a couple other things as well. We'll get you that Flex 30 segment at 1.30. We'll talk about Vandergriff, Wimberley getting wins, and Westlake's run comes to an end. Oh, Craig Way told you last week that Galena Park North Shore was pretty badass. Westlake found out. We'll hit all of it coming up on the horn. Now, this really fits the weather today. <laughs> Definitely fits the weather today. Oh, what's that? You need a hint, Chad? It's another seven-minute metal song. <laughs> that probably doesn't narrow down anything because they were all around seven minutes. Is it Black Sabbath? <laughs> no. Sounds like Sabbath a little bit. Sounds like that vibe. Uh, let's I mean, what see. I've come to learn is that guys just split up and get in different groups, so it could be a... Or is Sabbath this guy going to do his own thing and form another group? Or is this Metallica? No. All right, I don't have it then. Who is it? Diamond Head. Oh, we're going way back. Okay. Way back? What's way back? Diamond Head. Diamond Head's a band that would have uh, influenced uh, Metallica. Wow. Yeah. What's the song called? Am I Evil. Yep, there you go. That's why I guess Metallica, because Metallica covered this song on... One of the uh, on the Garage Days project. It's a Diamond Head song. See, I didn't realize that. Uh, right, my, let's see. Is there any vocals? Eventually, they get there. Eventually, they get there. Oh, this is fire! There it is. See, uh, why can't you just start with this? You got to build up to it. What do you like mean? Thirty seconds. All you need is a thirty-second build-up, and then he can come in with the fire. Hey, man. You know, you got to get the feel. The, you got to get the feel of the track. Especially back then when people had A tracks and stuff like that, things were a little more difficult. You gotta let those you can't uh, just speed up 15 seconds. Uh, you gotta let those things uh, marinate a little bit. Am I evil? My mother was a witch. She was burned alive. Diamond Head, Blind Melon, get us started today. My apologies, uh, Metallica fans. I f- forgot that was a Diamond Head cover. Yeah, yeah, I felt like you were disrespectful just now. My no, not disrespectful. I just didn't. I, I, I don't know enough metal, but when you miss out Metallica, I knew and I, Black Sabbath. I, I, I knew I knew the song, and then. Yeah, I knew I knew the song. It was a little. I went with the sinister thing, thinking it was a Sabbath tune. I screwed that up, and then I was like, "Why do I know? I know this song now. I realize why I know the song." Uh, James Hetfield always said that Metallica was two heads being put together. Diamond Head and Motorhead were their two big influences. So, ah, yeah. Uh, so that was a little bit before. It was kind of one of those uh, one of those foundational bands for them. All right, missed another metal one. Uh, this is this is not going well. In the last week, Cameron made us look bad Thursday and Friday, and now Zay's already making me look bad on a Monday. Musically, so we will try to redeem ourselves, or I'll try to redeem myself a little later on. There, we got a lot of stuff to get to. Joe Cook is coming up from inside Texas, real quick. Let's give the Vipers some love in the crap bag, shall we? Chad's crap bag. Crap bag. If you need an easy way to remember it, just 
Think of a bag of crap. Brought to you by AV Consultations, 255-8678, or go to avconsultations.com. We'll get into the X's and O's of everything a little later. I just want to send my love out to that Vandergriff community. They pulled it off. They won a game that not a lot of people thought they could win. You could tell Drew Sanders in the postgame had just been able to use it, Zay, as a huge chip on the shoulder when he talked about those nine state titles that Katie had won and nobody gave us a chance. But they got it done. 38-35, last-second kick sends Vandergriff to their first-ever state title game. So shout-out to my man J.O., former uh, co-worker of ours, Brian Spielis, who's got a son on that defensive line. I've met a lot of great folks. Miles Coleman's parents, I've met them. They're very cool folks. All the other folks I've met in silver and black, best of luck to you this Saturday. Yeah, if you ask me, Miles Coleman was the player of that game. Like, what didn't he do? He had two touchdown passes. Mm-hmm. He had a nasty go route where he beat a very fast KD secondary player and went for about 70-something yards, which made it about 14-7. He, he did everything for Vandergriff. And Braden Buchanan just continuing to have the incredible season that he's been having. The Baylor baseball commit at 450 yards through the air, Chad. Mm. This is against Katie. Big red machine, Katie. Like, when it comes to Blue Bloods in Texas, it don't get much bigger than Katie. They're with Westlake and Galena Park, North Shore. They're right there with all those guys on state uh, state championships. You just named all of them. So it's the fact that the Vipers went into the Alamo Dome and won the way they did, game-winning field goal. They're just continuing to prove people wrong on being an unbelievable team. And a lot of people had them losing like three or four rounds ago, but they're just continuing to succeed. And Drew Sanders, man, to have the cojones that he has to make some of the calls that he does. Like, they're going to pull some trickery out. Like I mentioned, Mal Coleman, he's a wide receiver. He's not a quarterback. And he had right. two throwing touchdowns. So Drew Sanders always just dials it up at the right time. He had a great play to the tight end where Buchanan, they, everybody went to the right and he threw it back to the left of the tight end on the goal line, which was beautiful. I mean, they, they deserve to be where they're at and they're going to face a really good DeSoto team with two future Texas Longhorns. And this should be a dandy one in Jerry World. That's going to be a fun game, man. Saturday afternoon at 3, we'll do a special uh, flex pregame again at 2.30. Snoop and Zach live from AT&T Stadium. Uh, we're going to have it for you on the horn, all across the horn platforms. So shout out to our traffic department for making that happen. 1049-1019, AM1260, the app, the you know hornfm.com, all of that. I know a lot of folks are going to be checking that out, um, whether they are at Jerry World or maybe they're going to be back here because uh, they got things to do and they'll be following it. We'll have it for you with Merle and the crews. A heck of a game. Uh, Miles Coleman, uh, like Zay said, with the 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 passes in the last two weeks so against dripping springs drew sanders dialed up two plays on defense where he put miles coleman in to guard one of the best receivers for dripping springs yeah yeah. and then this week he dials up two plays where miles coleman throws passes they both end up being touchdowns that was awesome i talked about it a few weeks ago they needed to find some variety not just make it about throw to miles coleman and hand the ball to alex witt and Sanders is that guy, man. He's always going to have a scheme ready to go. I love that tight end. Skoglund, every time I watch them play, I'm thinking, ooh, I love 88 right here. Give yes. me 88. Give me 88 right up the seam because nobody's going to cover him at the high school level. He's good. Middle 
Singleton and the way they've used him, the throwback pass a couple weeks ago in the drip game to their punter, all those things that they've been dialing up. So we, I, I can't guarantee that they're going to beat DeSoto. What I can guarantee is they're going to bring their ideas yeah. to Jerry World. Drew Sanders is not going out without a fight, and that Vandergrift team, you have to kill them. You have to kill them. You have to snap the neck. You have to make sure they are dead. And just like a real snake, sometimes their their fangs still work. Even if you maybe cut that head off, they are still coming. Uh, so uh, hopefully they can get it well, done and knock DeSoto off. And that's what makes them so scary, Chad, because clearly Miles Coleman is a focal point for the team. And when he goes for 70 yards through the air and scores his own touchdown, when you throw it to him on one of those swing passes, you're going after him. Like, sure. oh, we got to take this guy's head off because he can make you miss. He he made like three guys miss on a play uh, on Saturday against Katie. And he's a small guy. Like, it was yards after hit type stuff. Mm-hmm. And you're like, man, these Katie guys, which they got some pretty hefty uh, cornerbacks and safeties up there. They, they couldn't tackle this guy. So when they throw those swing passes to him and then, you know, these defenders go all out, it's the perfect time to make those yeah. wide receiver type passes. And they'll, sometimes they'll put them in the backfield. They'll have them in motion. Drew Sanders has done an amazing job this season. Because I've watched him early in a game run him on a jet sweep. And it's just a regular jet sweep. Well, it's Miles Coleman's not a regular jet sweep. It's a good, fast jet sweep. He gets 20, 30 yards downfield. Mm-hmm. So they're seeing that on film. Yeah. But. You know, I remember being at the game when I asked my buddy, like, hey, how often does he put Miles Coleman in on defense? Hadn't done it yet. What? What are you talking about? So how many times did he have Miles Coleman rear up and throw? Yeah. Vandergriff people might tell you, like, yeah, we haven't seen that all year, but we just saw it at the right time. Well done, Coach Sanders, as always. Vandergriff going for a state title on Saturday. Coming up at 1.30, we'll get into the other area team that advanced and the one that did not. That Westlake run is over, Zay. Can you believe it? I can't, Chad. I can't. I, I was. I. I thought it was going to be a hell of a war and a battle, but I thought they were going to beat North Shore. I did. I thought it was going to keep going. It's tough, man. They've had quarterback changes and whatnot. So has North Shore, but yeah, you're you're going to play some top tier elite talent once you get to this point, and that's what Westlake ran into. Yep, no doubt. All right, coming up next, we'll get back into the Longhorn stuff.